What's going on, guys? Episode number 84 of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. AGP back again. If you guys have not checked out my latest video on basically how to be a fan, enjoy the NFL, enjoy football, check out my latest video. I highly recommend watching it. If you don't have fun watching football and complain about your team, watch the video. If you have fun watching your team, if you like being in a rivalry with the Eagles and the Cowboys and all those other teams, watch that video. Highly recommend it. But as for today, um, this is being recorded on a Monday, so if you guys, um, this will be released on Tuesday, obviously, but if you guys you know, still have snow around you, I highly suggest stay inside. Uh, it is very cold outside, at least where I am, and very windy, very blizzard-like. I don't know when it's supposed to stop. Uh, but hopefully you guys are staying inside and staying warm and having some hot cocoa or something. I don't know. So as for today, I did a little creativity with this episode. It's not like, oh, a mock draft. It's not this, not that. I mean, I will be doing mock drafts. I have been online doing Draft Network mock drafts, PFF mock drafts, all those other you know site mock drafts. But I'm not necessarily ready to put it into a video yet, put it into a podcast episode yet. So we're going to go creative. And I call this the What If Free Agency episode. Obviously, free agency is in a month. We're already in the month of February. If you want to talk Yankees baseball, it's going to happen this month. Um, just speaking off of terms, the MLB is proposing a 154-game season to the Players Union with it being delayed by a month, universal DH, and extended playoffs, which really doesn't make any sense. I'll talk about that probably on Friday more. We'll probably have an update as to when or what the decision is, if the union rejects it or whatnot. But right now, we're going to go to the football. So basically, the what-if episode. A lot of what-ifs are going to this offseason. And, you know, a lot of questions also. Last offseason, we knew we had to improve on the defensive side. We knew that Byron Jones was a target. We knew that Corey Littleton was a target. We don't know necessarily who the Giants are going to target as wide receivers. Now you could say off the board, Allen Robinson, uh, Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, but, you know, we don't know specifically yet who they're actually going to go after. And it's on what-ifs. It's a bunch of what-ifs right now. We don't know if the Giants are going to sign Leo back. We don't know if they're going to sign Dalvin back. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. And free agency basically sets up with the draft we don't know who's gonna get cut you know so let's jump right into it and i'm gonna start up with the cap casualties and who you could cut and what's likely what's not likely for the giants so here are my list of cap cuts possible not possible whatever i'll shade them out nate solder very likely cap cut kevin zeitler possibly it could be unlikely as well because they might want to keep him around just to like you know mentor Lemieux a little more because he did struggle towards the end of the season Will Hernandez I think it's unlikely but you could save I believe two million in cap space with cutting him he has one year left on his contract so if you want to trade him for like a seventh or a sixth round pick sure get that two million off the cap I don't think it's going to happen but I'll explain the cap numbers at the end Golden Tate likely going to happen um, one year in blue that was good one year in blue that was not really good I mean that was last year but um, likely going to happen tight end Evan Ingram you could save about 6 million in cap if you cut him very unlikely the Giants move on 
from Evan Ingram. They accepted the fifth-year option, which I believe is for next year. And Joe Judge seems very committed to Evan Ingram. You know, he had how many drops last year, and Giants fans are pissed at him, and so am I. I would like to move on from him. Unfortunately, that's not the Giants' feeling right now, and I just don't see them moving on from him. But they do need a pass catcher, and they do need a blocker. Um, But it's very rarely that you find those guys like a Travis Kelsey, a Gronk, or George Kittle. But nonetheless, I find that very unlikely that the Giants do end up cutting uh, Evan Ingram. So the next guy is Cody Core, special teams guy. One good year with the Giants. He was, I think, a fifth receiver, a sixth receiver on the roster in 2019-2020. He tore his ACL or his Achilles. I don't remember which one. But he is probably going to get cut for like the $2 million that they could save. Same thing with David Mayo. He had one good year last year being the run-stuffing linebacker. Basically, as I call it, the half Blake Martinez. Um, When Ogletree and Ty Davis were out, we traded B.J. Goodson. So he picked him up, meaning Dave Gettleman picked up David Mayo off the waiver wire last year from, I believe it was San Francisco, actually. Uh, Same place they actually picked off Caden Smith. But... As for David Mayo, he came in week three, really um, played more snaps next to Connolly. When Connolly went down, you know, basically Mayo was, you know, the main savior at that position. But it is kind of like a Marcus Golden thing. Now, they did extend him to, I think, a three-year deal worth like $8 million, I want to say. Something around that line. And his cut will save about $2 million in the cap space for the New York Giants. Um... But when I'm going back to David Mayo, it's kind of like a Marcus Golden thing. You're a good player, but you're on a bad team. So your uh, talents really get shadowed. But if you're on a good team, if you're on a good defense, you're really not going to play that well. And it's also scheme fit as well. So that's why David Mayo really didn't see a lot of snaps this year. That's why they chose Devontae Downs to take Crowder over him. And obviously Blake Martinez. Uh, Riley Dixon, I see that as likely as a likely cut. Uh, he had two good seasons in blue, one bad in 2020, so I think the Giants might as well uh, just say goodbye to him. I like the trade. I mean, you can't really complain about that. You give up a seventh-round pick for a punter that you use for two years, three years, and, uh, you know, get one on the market. Draft a punter if you have to. Get an extra pick for somewhere or trade somebody, get an extra pick in the seventh round or something. You draft a punter. I mean, you'll have those rookie struggles like a Matt Dodge, or you could, you know, have as much luck as, you know, with the 49ers with, I think his name is Asher Wisnowski or something like that, Braden Wisnowski, something like that. Um, But they have struck gold with him. I mean, he's not, you know, the best punter in the league, but he's one of the better punters in the NFL. It isn't bad for a rookie when they drafted him. Um, Next one, I really thought about for like 20 seconds. Everybody's changing their mind on this one. Because sites are saying he's under contract, sites are saying he's not under contract, and Spencer Pulley's the next guy. If he is a free agent, whatever, don't sign him back. Because over the cap is saying that he is a free agent, and Wikipedia obviously is not that reliable, but they say he's a free agent. Meanwhile, over the cap, excuse me, Spot Track says that he is not a free agent, and he's going to be under contract one more year. He was signed to a three-year extension after the 2018 season, so 2019, 2020, and 2021. You could save about $2.7 million, I believe, with that cap cut. So 
if you do it with the guys that I said they were unlikely, like a Will Hernandez and Evan Ingram, this will probably come out to $32 million, uh, $32.3 million. And that is with the projected cap number right now of about 3.3 under the cap, or I should say over the cap, negative $3.3 million. Obviously, we won't know the actual cap number till about March. So it's going to be a guessing game till then for a lot of content creators and a lot of beat reporters who want to do the articles and, you know, write stuff. But if you do it without the two guys I mentioned, Will Hernandez and uh, Evan Ingram, you're probably going to have about $7 million less in cap space. You'll have about $25 million. So obviously that plays into, you know, will the Giants do this? Will the Giants do that? They will weigh out every single situation that they can in order to get cap space for draft picks and also, you know, free agency. Because free agency doesn't hurt when you do it correctly. So without further ado, let's go into actual the what-ifs. And we're not talking, you know, cap space, but we will. So, first what-if. What if the Giants bring back Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson? I'm going to give you the facts, the opinion, and prediction. Sometimes I'll joint the opinion and prediction at the same time. Sometimes I will not. Sometimes I won't even have facts out there. So, limited cap space for other free agents and draft picks. Dalvin Tomlinson... He said that basically he's going to take the hometown discount for this team and he wants to stay with this team. He obviously knew Patrick Graham in his rookie year, 2017. He was the defensive line coach. Now he's the defensive coordinator. And it seems that he wants to take the hometown discount. If they don't have enough cap money, he'll be like, you know what? I'll take the discount. I'll take the heat for it. I want to stay with this team. So for Delvin Thomason, that's very outgoing for him. And I really like that. That just shows that you are a team player. You're willing to stay on this team for how long it takes. And then you'll probably get, I don't know, a pay raise. Maybe something like that. Um, as for Leonard Williams, he will probably command you know the same even if the cap money is lower than expected or higher than expected. He's not going to care in my opinion. Um, he had 11 and a half sacks in 2020. So that's not stopping him from commanding 17 million, 18 million, 19 million, 20 million. That's not stopping him. So I think he's still going to be there. He's not taking any hometown discounts. The Giants traded for him, and he's going to be like, hey, you guys traded for me. The franchise tag is also on me from last year. Now I'm a free agent. Now give me your biggest offer. So I think that's what's going to happen. Now the opinion and prediction. I don't think that the Giants in that situation will re-sign Wayne Gallman, nor they will sign Kyler Fackrell. Kyler Fackrell, um, he probably will be looking for pinch more money I think at this point in the game nobody's gonna sign him to this massive contract uh he's not a player coming out of college the Giants signed him to a prove it one year four million dollar deal he had four sacks on the season he played eloquently well for a pass rusher of his type you know a cheap pass rusher a scheme fit guy the one team I could probably see him going to is the Miami Dolphins guys run the same system maybe New England as well I don't know what the situation is over there and the cap money and whatever. Uh, Wayne Gallman, in that situation again, I would not see them bringing him back. I don't see them bringing him back at all. I really wish that they would, but obviously he will probably be commanding a little bit more money than his rookie contract. And Giants have Saquon Barkley coming back, so they can't be paying Wayne Gallman a lot when Saquon Barkley's extension could be you know, solved in the next one to two years. You know, it's just not going to be like that. And when I talk about 
this, you know, Wayne Gallman thing. I'll talk about it a little later because that's also another what if. I'll talk about who the Giants may bring back at the running back position. So another opinion slash prediction, Giants will assess other needs in the draft, playmaker, corner, edge. Uh, you don't have the money on the market in that situation to go after any other needs. In my opinion, now, obviously before the $3 million, negative $3 million, whatever you want to call it, came out as a prediction, and the main prediction that everybody's going by, there were numbers all over the place. Over the cap, if, you know, I was calculating it a couple of weeks ago when I had the entertainer on, I was calculating it a couple of weeks ago. If the Giants signed Dalvin Tomlinson to between, I believe, an $8 million deal a year to $11 million per year, you'd probably have Williams coming back for about $20, $20.5 million a year. You probably have about, mm, let's say about $20 million left in cap space. That's according to over the cap. Now, Track, if you had that same exact situation, you'd have about $8 million left. Which isn't that much. And when Entertainer was on the podcast, he's like, listen, it's not going to be $20.5 million per year. It could be $12 million, then go up to $17 million, then go up to $21 million. That's how it could be. It just has to average out to, I believe, $20.5 million um, when you're dividing and everything. Like, let's just say three years. Um, I don't know. It has to deal with like math and stuff, but that's not for me to get into right now. If they bring them both back, and obviously they'll have the own separate situations probably in the next two what-ifs. If the Giants bring them both back, you will not need to assess the defensive line. I'm not saying pass rush. You will not need to assess the defensive line in the draft, in free agency. You know, if you bring those two back, you bring back the defensive line, you are all good. Austin Johnson, you know, if you don't re-sign him or whatever, which we'll get into in a little bit, it's not a big deal. Use R.J. McIntosh. Use B.J. Hill. Those guys are there for rotational purposes. They could stop the run. They could rush the passer a little bit. It all depends if the New York Giants coaching staff likes them. And I don't think they do, to be honest with you. The next what if is if the Giants only bring back Leonard Williams, which is at this point very likely, depending on the cap number. But again, it is very likely. So the facts. Let's give you the facts. The Giants will have less cap space if they bring back Leonard Williams. And obviously, it would be more than if they bring them both back, being Dalvin. But it would be less than if you would bring back just Dalvin and not just, you know, just Williams. So in that case, you may have some room. And this is from fact, but also could be an opinion. Um, there could be some cap space left if the Giants wanted to assess a cheap playmaker. You're not getting Allen Robinson, and you're not getting Kenny Galladay. Let's just face the facts right there. If the Giants wanted to get, you know, a playmaker or someone they could put into the offense that will, you know, do it for cheap, you could probably go after Curtis Samuel, who might command big money. Might. I don't know yet. Or Corey Davis, who's coming off a big year, but the Titans also declined his fifth-year option. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there. But if you only bring back Leonard Williams, you have some money there to spend. So it could be done on a need. It could be done on this. It could be done on that. You could also just say, hey, let's you know what? Let's use this for the draft. So opinion is, I believe in that situation, the Giants should rotate more of B.J. Hill and R.J. McIntosh. Um... 
I think that obviously McIntosh was not active at all. He was put on the active roster, but he was not active at all this season. I don't think he was even activated for one game. You know, there was no situation with the Giants' D linemen were inactive. Leonard Williams was never inactive. Lawrence, all those guys. Even Austin Johnson, he was never inactive. RJ McIntosh, all 16 games, he was inactive. So, that just shows what the Giants' coaching staff, in my opinion, thinks of him. And B.J. Hill, obviously, he didn't play a lot. Rotational defensive tackle. You know, it's not going to be like the first year of Betcher where he's playing how many snaps a game. Where he's playing 72% of the snaps. Where he's playing 80% of the snaps. It's not happening. And I don't think, in my opinion, that he will ever reach that point in his career with the Giants again. Whether he plays impressive. Because you still got Leonard Williams. And we're talking in the situation as if Leonard Williams is the only defensive lineman the Giants are bringing back. So in that case, they don't bring back Dalvin. And in that situation, use what you have on the roster. Use what you have on the roster. When I mean use what you have on the roster, you know, Dave Gettleman, in the first year he drafted McIntosh and Hill, use them to their strengths. Joe Judge said that in his opening press conference. Can we please commit on it? I mean, we have for multiple picks, but at the same time, let's use what we have on the roster instead of just taking a guy in the draft, which is, in the prediction, what I have them doing. Despite Leonard Williams coming back, I think the Giants will probably take a late-round defensive tackle just to fit in there. Probably, I would say, like a Chris Slayton, maybe like a second McIntosh. Who knows? you got to look at the prospects and see who fits if they don't bring back Dalvin and they bring back Leo. And the Giants could also re-sign Austin Johnson. Cheap signing from this year, run stuffer, and occasionally would rush the passer, didn't play, you know, too many snaps. But most likely... In there, you would probably have B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson. But most likely in there, if you just bring Leo back, you'll have Leo, you'll have Dexter Lawrence, and you'll have B.J. Hill. If they don't cut him, and I don't think they will, to be honest with you. And just, as I said before, I don't think that the Giants are willing to stick to McIntosh Hill. You know, I don't think that the Giants and Joe Judge and Patrick Graham are that invested in those two defensive tackles. You know, if they just bring Leo back, I don't think they will, you know, go out and say, hey, let's use these guys from a different regime and a different coaching staff. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to take it into the draft and say, let's draft a fifth round, sixth round defensive tackle. That's just my opinion, my prediction. So next, what if? What if the Giants only bring back Dalvin Tomlinson? This, in my opinion, is very unlikely. That they would only bring back Dalvin. If they bring back Dalvin, I think they would try to fit in Leonard Williams as well. That's just my honest opinion. And let's go with the facts. The Giants will have more cap space than they would if Leonard Williams was to be the only defensive lineman retained. Williams, as I mentioned earlier, he's probably just going for the $21 million a year around that range of a defensive tackle, defensive end. He got 11 and a half sacks last year. He's going to be looking for the big payday. You know what? Do I blame him? No. I mean, he deserves it. Unfortunately, the Giants look right now as if they can't bring back both. So the Giants will have more cap space if they were only to bring back Dalvin, which actually puts a point into my head. If they said, you know what, we can't bring back Leo, he's going to go walk in free agency. I don't think that's going to happen. But if they were to do that, I think Dalvin would say, okay, you guys, okay, you guys have obviously more cap money now, 
give me a payday. I'm not taking a hometown discount. Do I think he will do that? It's quite a possibility, but I just don't think he's going to do that and say, you know, basically take back his word. So obviously, as I said in opinion, it's highly unlikely. And for the prediction, if the Giants don't bring back Leo, I think that defensive line will move up as a need in the draft. You will probably, and let's just say they bring back Leonard Williams and in a different situation, they will probably choose a 5th, 6th, maybe 7th round defensive tackle. That, in my opinion, with Dave Gettleman as general manager and with Joe Judge and Patrick Graham trying to have a voice in personnel, I think that's going to go up to 4th round, 3rd round, or 2nd round. That's my honest opinion. Maybe even 1st round. I don't think they'll go there, though. I don't think they will. But... If you're not bringing a big cat like Leonard Williams who accumulated 11.5 sacks, which is probably a portion, the biggest portion of sacks you've had. And as I mentioned before, 21 sacks from the 40 that the Giants had this season came off the defensive line. Obviously, the most being Leonard Williams. Okay, So if they lose him, you better bet that the Giants will be looking for A, a run-stopping defensive tackle that can also rush the passer pretty well. So here are the prospects that they could probably look into. Um, this is ranging from about maybe the first round to about maybe the fourth, the fifth round. Christian Barnmore from Alabama, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, Deo Odeyanigobo, if I'm saying that correctly, from Vanderbilt, Jared Goldwire from Louisville, and Daryl Slayton from Florida. So those are some names that they could probably look into if they don't want to bring back Leo and they want to prioritize defensive tackle or defensive line in the second third round you know possibly just as options next what if what if the Giants don't bring back Wayne Gallman which is very very likely I think that's an opinion of mine could also be a fact the fact is you'll have one running back under contract that's Saquon Barkley Morris is a free agent Devonta Freeman was cut already and I think the last time I checked he was with the Buffalo Bills and you have Deion Lewis, who also was a free agent. He was signed to like a one-year, three, four million dollar contract, something like that. And your other fact is, Saquon Barkley isn't that good at pass protection. Now, I'm pretty sure I might want to take that back with the running backs on the contract because you have Jordan Chun, who signed to a futures contract. And they also have, I believe, Taquan Mizell, who was also signed to a future contract. So he's not the only running back under contract. But I don't see any of those guys making the roster. Maybe Taquan Mizell making the practice squad, but I don't know if they'll be extending that you know, 16-man practice squad rule next year. And obviously, that deals with how many years you're in the league. So that's something for the Giants to think about when they're doing the running back you know, room and you know, basically looking at it in the offseason. So opinion prediction. I think if the Giants don't bring back Wayne Gallman, they'll probably end up bringing back a Deion Lewis or an Alfred Morris. Or a veteran running back, whoever that may be. I'm not looking at the running back market. I'm not saying, hey, sign this guy or that guy. Because we have Saquon Barkley, A number one. And we have to look at the prospect as if, you know, he's coming off an injury. Yes, you know, the recovery is going well. But you're going to need somebody, A, on third down, and who can pass protect. Deion Lewis, Alfred Morris, are they options? Are they good options? Giants need to figure that out. And I think they will bring one of those two guys back if they don't bring back Gallman. I don't think they have the money to bring back Gallman, and it seems very unlikely at this point. 
unfortunate because I like Gorman. So also what you could do with the running back position is if you don't want to bring any of those guys back, and you could also bring those guys back, you could also draft the running back. There are a couple of guys in the third, the fourth, the fifth round, sixth round possibly you could take. Now here are the prospects I marked down as mid-rounders. Michael Carter out of North Carolina, Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State, Trey Sermon out of Ohio State, and Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana Lafayette. So those guys are just about a sample list of the running backs that are actually going to be on the draft board this year. Um, I'll probably do some more looking at it, more research, but I definitely, I think, see the Giants taking a late-round running back this year, whether they sign Saquon to an extension or not. It's just going to be a guy they need. They're not keeping Taquan Mizell or Jordan Chun on the roster. They're just not going to do that. They'll bring back maybe Deion Lewis to a one-year deal. Maybe Alfred Morris, one of those guys. But they need a third running back. You're not running with two running backs and a fullback. That's just not happening. So the next what if. What if the Giants let Kyler Fackrell walk? The fact, Giants have Carter Coughlin, O'Shane Zimenez, Cam Brown, and Lorenzo Carter as the key pass rushers. I'm not counting people who are on futures contracts. Those are the main pass rushers. Those are the main outside linebackers on this roster. So opinion. That probably means that Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, or both will take up a good percentage of the cap space with the uh, extension they want. Or that means that Kyler Fackrell, and this is also could be both, but it also could be or. Kyler Fackrell wants a little bit more than his prove-it deal, which I don't think the Giants will necessarily, I would say, cater to. They might listen to it, though. Um, not a big signing to make, but I don't think the Giants will stick with Fackrell for reasons, again, I'll get into it in a minute, but it could be like one of those Mayo extensions where it's like three years, $8 million, and you could get out of it the year after with a cap cut. I mean, that could be it. I don't know what Patrick Graham wants. I don't know if they're still going to use these guys. I don't know if they want Fackrell back just to be a veteran. So we'll see where that goes. But also, Giants, in my opinion, will take a pass rusher second, third, fourth round, maybe even fifth round in that situation because I don't think they believe highly in O'Shane Zimenez. People are saying, obviously, you know, he was injured last year, but he didn't play a lot of snaps before his injury. The most snaps he played in was the 49ers game when the game was already over. So that kind of has to tell the tale of something that they're not really, you know, thinking about O'Shane Zimenez as a part of their future. And my prediction is that they'll probably either take a mid-round pass rusher or keep the crew as is. They want to develop the young guys. Carter Coughlin has good value for a 7th round pick. Cam Brown still has to get the snaps and get in there. Uh, he's been mostly used on special teams. But also, um, Lorenzo Carter will see what is up with him. And if he can make the jump, obviously he's coming off an Achilles injury, so it's not going to be easy. And O'Shane Zimenez, he's coming off of uh, season-ending surgery, so it's not going to be easy for him. But we'll see what happens with those two liabilities at pass rusher. You could probably say, or you could probably predict, that the Giants end up either taking a pass rusher or signing Fackrell back. I mean, they probably won't be 100% next year, or at least on opening Sunday, or heading into training camp. So the next guy, um, this is my final sort of what if for the episode, but it's not really a big what if. What if the Giants do or do not re-sign Cameron Fleming? Now this is if they do, and I'm not going to do a fact with this one. Obviously they'll have Kyle Murphy as a uh, undrafted free agent. I believe he's still under contract. If not, oh well, Andrew Thomas obviously under contract, Matt Pert still under contract, and obviously they may cut Nate Solder. 
But obviously, we'll talk about that a different day as the tackle position. But, opinion and prediction. I think that if they do bring him back, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be that they still believe that Matt Parrott has to develop and that you know they'll use Cameron Fleming in week one and then put Matt Parrott starting for the rest of the season. Or they like Cameron Fleming's play enough to give him one-year contract or possibly bring him back as a swing tackle. Now, what if they don't bring him back? The Giants, in that position, in my opinion, believe that Matt Parrott will make the jump and will be ready for Week 1 next year. Or they did not like Fleming's play enough and they would go out and sign another offensive tackle and maybe they're still not sold on Matt Parrott being their Week 1 starter. So here are a couple free agent options. Some of them are possibly looking for big money like Alejandro Villanueva from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have Ty Nasecki, who's about 35-36 years old, good swing tackle. Matt Filer from the Steelers. Kendall Lamb from the Browns, as I mentioned, Alejandro Villanueva, Daryl Williams from the Buffalo Bills, who had a good season at right tackle, Ty Sambrello, I believe he was on the Titans last year, and then you have Mike Remmers from the Chiefs, who's going to be playing in Super Bowl 55 coming up, Uh, he's substituting for Mitchell Schwartz, obviously, most of the season, because Schwartz had a season-ending injury, and obviously, you know, Remmers was a former Giant, and he did not play badly as a Giant. You know, he played for what his contract was, a prove-it contract, kind of a stopgap contract, kind of what it was, and he didn't play that bad. I mean, he gave up five sacks, but it's not like he was Eric Flowers horrible. It wasn't like he was trying to prove um, that he was the big money that the Giants signed him to. They didn't sign him to a big money contract. They signed him to a one-year contract for that reason. I mean, they didn't draft a offensive tackle to the later rounds and that offensive tackle later got cut last year so they didn't draft anybody at the tackle spot in 2019 sign Mike Remmers he's your starting right tackle for that year but I would definitely not mind bringing him back though I don't think that the Giants will because if the Giants wanted to bring him back they would have brought him back for 2020 and they didn't they brought Cameron Fleming into the building and we'll see if they bring him back so basically that's it for the what if episode of the glue in the bronx podcast thank you guys for watching thank you guys for keeping up thank you guys for following twitter thank you guys for supporting uh likely next weekend i'm probably going to plan a huge live stream a couple hours before super bowl 55 uh probably breaking down sports meaning as in like nfl news and talking about the offseason and stuff and talking about picks I'll probably have Nick on. I'll probably have CJ on. We'll probably have some callers on if you guys want to join and whatnot and ask questions. And I think we're going to have some fun on that. I'll talk to them and see what's up. But anyway, thank you guys. And uh, we will see you on Friday for some Yankees talk.